0: to the Lucky Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. Today we are discussing El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. 2019, two hours, two minutes. Drama, crime, suspense, a little bit of everything. Directed, by, uh, directed and written by uh, Vince Gilligan. The Netflix event El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, reunites fans with Jesse Pinkman, in the wake of his dramatic escape from captivity, Jesse must come to terms with his past in order to forge some kind of future. This is the continuation of the Breaking Bad AMC show that came out, how many years has it been now? I mean, it originally, Breaking Bad Aired originally in 2008 and ended in 2013. So we, uh, in September 2013. And so this is technically shot five years after the ending of Breaking Bad, but it takes place almost immediately as it ends. So, um, <clears throat> just for, um, you know, heads up for everybody that hasn't seen Breaking Bad. There is probably going to be spoilers regarding the Breaking Bad show within this podcast. So I'll just go ahead and say that up the front. Um, I'll do another spoiler bumper for the spoilers for El Camino. But just know going in listening to this that uh, if you have not seen Breaking Bad, you're definitely going to get spoiled on this post-movie production. Um, So... Let's talk about El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. Uh, you know, leading up to it, a lot of people were had been talking about, you know, uh, speculating about this Breaking Bad film coming to theaters. But we were like, what is it really going to be on? You no, know, is it going to be um, the the a- aftermath of uh, you know the rise and fall of Heisenberg and what happens to Jesse Pinkman? I mean. Right after the end of Breaking Bad, um, Jesse Pinkman is escaping from pretty much all of disaster that has happened at the at the end of that. I'm I'm not really going to talk about too much of Breaking Bad, uh, the show, um, too much because you I I mean if you've watched it you watch it you know you know the the logistic you know what happens in it and I'm. Kind of dancing around, you know, the, the events of that just in case people were coming in watching El Camino and not having seen the Breaking Bad movie. Um, but yes, it does take place immediately after the Breaking Bad show. And one thing about it is uh, there were so many different cylinders that the Breaking Bad show was able to fire on, mostly because of the time. The time that the Breaking Bad show took to really flesh out all of these amazing characters in this world, in this atmosphere, alongside having such a dynamic story, um, it, it just created uh, almost an anomaly of one of the greatest television shows of all time. So... Having a movie follow that up, the El Camino Breaking Bad movie follow up, it's it's um it's kind of got me it it had me on pins and needles. I wanted to see the most the least amount of footage going into it. I didn't want to see any trailers. I didn't want to see any of that. I wanted to go in as fresh as possible. However, I did see like small glimpses of. Uh, a couple of trailers but nothing too serious. So going into it I was like okay so we we we're, we're back in the El Camino Breaking Bad movie. I'm 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 watching it and immediately as I'm watching it I'm transported straight back to the world. It was kind of amazing how um just the camera work, the music and the acting, all of it instantly felt like I had never left. Um, with the exception Of maybe some of the de aging on the the actors, like it really has been over you know five years since these actors have been together, so you can tell a lot of these actors have aged, including um, uh, the main character Aaron Paul. So, this movie, in summary, just real quick, is all it's basically a character study on the Jesse Pinkman character and the aftermath of what he uh, of of Heisenberg's rise and fall and so with this character study going on it's kind of a blend of uh, you know the aftermath of that uh, mix in a little bit of that awkward uh, residential you know every you know, Everyone's uh, keeping up with the Joneses, kind of, but like mixing in with a little bit of the uh, the Fargo ness in it. So it's like normal people mixed in with this crazy, um, jarring uh, storylines that normally have to do with with crime. So it's this character study that's wrapped in this. Uh, I, I like to say it's like Fargo in Albuquerque esque story. So, with saying that, the majority of this movie does feel like it tries to retread Jesse Pinkman's storyline in a way that says, okay, we have to hit certain plot lines. We have to hit, uh, you know, we have to go see his old friends, we have to go see his folks, we have to go uh, basically retread a couple of the biggest points in Jesse Pinkman's life. And the way that it's done on uh, in the movie... Uh, I'd say the first half is really getting a grip of you know what happened to him in the last season. I mean, the the major a, a big chunk of this movie is him uh, coming to grips with being held hostage uh, from uh, I'd, the what was it the uh, cockroach the pest the pest people. Uh, he was being held hostage by uh, some gang members and, uh, forgive me, I can't remember his name, Jack, I think his name was, um, Jack was the leader, and so at the very end of Breaking Bad, Jesse Pinkman is, uh, left in a cage for what I believe is under a year, but, mo- you know, still many months, and it fucks him up mentally, and so, um, the majority of this first half of the movie is him, uh, you know, coming to grips with that, and, um, you also get in, intertwined many different uh, flashbacks of what a, you know what he was he was going through during that time. So there is some Breaking Bad timeline shown throughout this movie. Um, I, I'd say honestly, a, a good chunk of it is over a third is definitely within the Breaking Bad timeline through flashbacks. Um, I let me see. Uh, on this budget of $6 million, I it, it, I guess it really doesn't need to be a massive budget for something that's this uh, personal of a story that doesn't really require, you know, uh, shoot them up, bang them up. Uh, material, which kind of leads me to where the spoilers uh, are going to be at. So I'll talk about uh, you know some of the more action-oriented stuff in the spoiler section. But let me go through some pros of this um, Breaking Bad movie. Um, the camera work and direction by Vince Gilligan um, is amazing. The cinematography obviously is phenomenal. It's always... Uh, Breaking Bad has always been known for not only being one of the most... Uh, uh, tightly written shows when it comes to the storyline and best well acted, or you know, one of the most um, gripping television shows, but it's also been one of the most visually dynamic shows as well. Um, I've, I've always been very impressed by the cinematography. Marshall Adams is the director of uh, uh, photography for this, and he was also a cinematographer for. Um, some of the Breaking Bad, um, let me see, he was, uh, the cinematographer for Breaking Bad on the fifth season, first episode, so yeah, he has worked on one episode before, but yeah, uh, the technicals, uh, the camera work, the direction, the music, oh my gosh, uh, the music instantly transported me back, the, uh, the score of uh, Dave Porter. I've heard you know multiple outlets and podcasts interview this guy. He's apparently a pretty cool dude. And uh, he's the same composer that was on uh, Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad as well. Um, yeah, uh, Skip McDonald, uh, another editor that is well-known in the Breaking Bad universe. It's basically taking some of the best of the best of the Breaking Bad um franchise, uh, in front of the camera and behind the camera and bringing them to the big screen or to the stream screen. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I said, the music, the acting, the atmosphere, the, uh, the, the, what's it called? The, um, costuming and stuff like that, like the props and whatnot. Like, I always think that when, this kind of production comes to, you know, big screen, small screen, stream screen, whatever you wanna call it, that when everything is firing on all cylinders and you're not even noticing like what they're you know what they're wearing. Obviously if if it looks like what they should be wearing, then it's gonna look natural. You don't you don't want it to stick out is what I'm saying. So, um yeah, I also have uh, mixed feelings on the writing of the El Camino Breaking Bad movie. So this is where we're going to start talk about the cons about this. Uh, I have mixed feelings. Some At some points, I feel like the story and the pacing is kind of uh, chugging along very slowly, you know, like a train pulling into the station or pulling out of the station. They don't just fly by, but it just feels very... Um, not quite methodical, like, the camera work all feels very technical and methodical, like, every single camera angle feels like it's been thought of before they they even do it. Um, but when it came to the writing, I felt like it could have used maybe one more rewrite, or just, for just a little bit more quippiness, in a way. I don't, I don't remember it being, you know, uh, um... I don't. I don't know. Not uplifting is, is, isn't the right word. The way this movie begins is with you know some of our favorite people that were some of the comedic relief of the beginning of uh, in Breaking Bad start this out because this is such a, a dramatic movie in such high suspense about someone that's been tortured. Um, they need to start it out on uh, somewhat of a comedic note and. The way that this movie is handling all these different tones, um, majority work good, good, not great, I would say. The thing is, the, the you know, it, it's shot so beautifully, it, it that helps you forget about maybe the writing not being a hundred percent, or if it might not be making a hundred percent, uh, it, it, it might not make a hundred percent, sense in. At the time. Um, Let's talk about the story and its justification uh, for the existence of this movie. Did this movie, El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, need to exist? Um... Does it need to exist? This is kind of like the question that the Joker movie kind of brought up. It, the, the problem with the Joker movie was it was really well acted and it's uh, really well done, but the me- message behind it was so muddled that it's kind of hard to determine does that justify its existence. So this movie kind of runs into that uh, same uh, path as in was this was this story too predictable? Was this the story that we were probably all playing in our heads after breaking bad thinking, yeah, this is probably what he would do that. He would probably, uh, you know, not stick around. He'd probably try to, you know, gather as much cash and, you know, book it if he could. Um, so I, that, that's where it kind of falls into the cons for me. Um, I'll just say before I've, uh, I forget the, the rating. I will say this is a straight out 8 out of 10 for me personally. Mostly because uh, the cons were heavy for me. I was like, this movie does not feel like it justifies its existence. Um, the de-aging, they do their best with what they got. The problem is, I, I personally found this movie slightly predictable. And this is the inevitable outcome that everyone was already thinking. And um, yeah, so those are those are the things. I The thing about Breaking Bad the show was that it always felt unpredictable to me personally. And this kind of rewrite they they're, they're trying to do with um, El Camino inserting additional plot lines and storylines. Um, to stories we already know was slightly confusing um, when it came to some of the flashbacks. I haven't done a full rewatch at this time of Breaking Bad, and I'm not sure if this movie really makes me want to do a full uh, Breaking Bad uh, rewatch. Something about it makes it more feel like the inevitable end and not so much the inevitable beginning of something I want to see, you know? Um, Yeah, so... Let me see, the yeah, the justification of the existence of this movie is what's most lacking for me. And accordance to the, um, some of the writing not always being a hundred. Uh, I don't know, always you know lifting me out of my seat. Or when I say good writing, I feel like Succession is one of the the best examples I could bring to uh, to the screen, or as an example because. In in Succession, there are these lines that pop off the screen. I mean, they're metaphors, colorful colorful metaphors. And a lot of this movie is not that. And I don't necessarily need it to have that quippiness or or that comic, comedy or that comedic relief to take the edge off this kind of heavy-ass movie. But I did feel like it, it really could use the rewrite. So let's use... Um, Sorry, let's go to, um, what's it called? Spoilers, spoiler section. We are in the spoiler section for El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie 2019. So, yes. Um, we basically go down memory road with Jesse Pinkman. We start off with Skinny Pete and Badger, and... They, you know, no offense to any of, I mean, we all age, but no offense to any of the actors. But, I mean, everyone in these scenes, including uh, uh, Aaron Paul, um, all look like they have aged every bit of five years. Um, As a matter of fact, I was going to say Mike Troutman looked like he had aged the best. And that was a flashback. So, um, yeah, we start off with uh, Badger and Skinny Pete. And I loved... uh, The skinny Pete's loyalty he has to Jesse. I thought that was amazing. And uh, that's some of the most touching scenes for me personally. And when I was talking about the marketing that i had seen earlier, I saw skinny Pete on one of the trailers talking about Jesse, him having to write out Jesse and he's like, I'm not going to do it. I originally thought that it was Jesse Pinkman talking to the cops in the trailer, and so the entire movie, I'm thinking Jesse's going to get caught. It's all a matter of when. So when the movie ends and he's you know driving off into the last frontier where he told Mike he was going to be uh, in Alaska, I was like, oh damn, he does get away. And the majority of the movie is him talking about like you know uh, Jesse being stuck in a cage, being held hostage, and all of that. And uh, a lot of the repercussions of uh, Heisenberg and uh, Walter. But uh, they really don't like to dwell on the things that he's done that's been terrible. I I mean, one of the terrible things he's done was murder somebody. He murdered a previous chef, and Gale. And uh, I think that was season three. And so they don't... Touch on that. They don't want to touch on any of the Gustavo stuff. Um, Gus, Gus Fring. And they they talk about it, but they don't... Um, I think they do a flashback between, like, the season three and four or something like that. Um, but, yeah. So, it might have even been season two. It's it hard to tell exactly when. Actually, he had shaved his head, so... I think that might have been season three. So, anyways... Um, yeah, we we are basically with Aaron Paul for two hours, and this first hour is him driving, trying to uh, you know escape being a hostage. He goes, he shaves his head. He looks like he ages five years when he shaves his head, and then he, um, you know, no offense to the guy. I mean, we all we all fucking age, but I mean, there's only so much we can do to make the, the guy look younger. So when they puts the hat on, it definitely helps. Uh, conceal it. I did think some of the uh, the scar and makeup work was a little bit iffy. Um, and let me see what else we have to uh, cover. Yeah, we end up we do see Walt for that uh, brief amount of time, and I believe it's somewhere that flashback happens. Um, there's tons of flashbacks uh, with what's his face. Uh, God, what is what is that actor's name? He's uh, Jesse Plemons is Todd. I mean, the f- f- first half of this movie, or a good thirty minutes, is Jesse and Todd, uh, you know, dicking around and having to move maids' bodies. Which I thought the way they kind of treated, uh, you know, Hispanic people in this was eh, they could have done a little bit better. But um, yeah, they. They have uh, Jesse Plemons and Aaron Paul. The That show is on for 40 minutes. And I honestly thought Jesse Plemons, the Todd character, was gay. I thought that this was going to take a completely different route. I was like, this is about to get real dark. Um, I will say this movie did an excellent job with the flashback showing how isolated Jesse, Jesse felt. And I don't remember feeling that. Bottom of my pit feeling when I was watching him the first time, uh, in the cage, I, I I don't I don't know what, what it was. Maybe just seeing him in the after aftermath of what happened. That's what really um, really is triggering because you see, I, I I guess half the problem is with the the ending of Breaking Bad. You know, you felt terrible for him, and he went through, you know, terrible stuff. He You know, he saw his girlfriend shot at one point, and then he held hostage, and, you know, the whole thing with Brock. But, I mean, from the end of Breaking Bad, we don't see the resolution. So this movie seriously brings us some true resolution to what was going on in his mind, because um, I, I guess we didn't have tons of time to explore it at the end of Breaking Bad. Um, anything else that we need to discuss? We do get uh, uh, the, the whole plot line with uh, finding out the candy uh, mobile welders. Um, the guy's name in here, the, the actor's name is Scott MacArthur, plays Neil, and Scott Shepard plays Casey. Those were the two guys that were acting like bumbling, uh, fumbling. A uh, policeman in Jess, uh, in Todd's apartment, and we end up finding out that Neil was responsible for building the cage. And there is this terrible flashback scene of them torturing Jesse, telling him to you know try to escape the cage by you know jumping and having this chain hold you back. It looked it looked awful. The uh, the types of torture they were having Jesse endure just progressively got worse. And it, I was starting to get uh, bits and pieces of flashbacks to the torture of Theon from Game of Thrones. I was like, I'm really glad we didn't get, you know, tons and tons of, uh, you know, that type of uh, show because that would have been a completely different show and we know what happened to the, the Theon character. So, yeah. Um, what else did we need to talk about? Uh, the more f- We had tons of flashbacks with... Uh, uh, well, it wasn't really a flashback, it was more like a, a dream sequence, or some somewhat of a dream sequence, or just a surreal sequence with Kristen Ritter reprising her role, and uh, I thought that was kind of interesting that he decides to think about Kristen Ritter's character as Jane. Um, Jane is, you know, he thinks about her and his car and stuff like that, and it's kind of like a flashback sequence. I thought it was interesting that he was thinking about her instead of his previous girlfriend that was shot, but... I I think a lot of people agree that him and Kristen Ritter had uh, really good chemistry, and it was uh, good to have her back. Lou, the guy that was at Todd's apartment that was watering all the plants and some of the, you know, the suspenseful scenes, I thought that guy stuck out like a sore thumb. No no offense to Tom Bauer, but I did think that the writing on that guy was just not good. It was just way too obvious. Um, let me see. Anything else? Jesse goes back to see his folks. We don't get a lot of Jesse's folks in Breaking Bad, so it doesn't really uh, jive or connect for me personally. I didn't have much of an emotional connection to his folks. And we, we don't spend a lot of time with them, so we don't really get a big chunk of you know where, what they're coming from. We don't really understand what they feel like, with the exception of that newsreel that um, happens to have... Um, have them on it, and he see and they he sees their plea for you know giving himself up. Um, I loved having Robert Forster as basically the same character he played in Jackie Brown. I don't re- I I am I crazy thinking that I don't remember him in um, Breaking Bad. I feel like I would remember him, but I was not as big of a cinephile back then. Let me see. It looks like he was in Breaking Bad for a very short time. Um, or maybe just a guest appearance. I can't let's see. Let's see if I can find it. Um, I don't know. But having the Robert Forrester character within this movie definitely was uplifting and gave it kind of some momentum it needed. Because of this movie. Okay, so yeah, he did play Ed in one Breaking Bad uh, episode in season five, episode 15. Was there 15 episodes? Yeah, I guess he was in the last episode. Um, and so... Or close to the last episode. Um, yeah, so he basically plays, you know, the Max Cherry character from uh, Jackie Brown. And I, I love the the charisma Robert Forrester brings as soon as they, he's on screen. Uh, actually, you hear him before you see him, and that's pretty much how most people would. Um, they recognize his voice from just about anything. Um I I enjoyed that little uh, go around and you know what happened there but honestly it it really did feel like just uh basic storytelling and you know Aaron Paul's got to get all the cash and I thought that was one of the best written scenes of the movie but anytime there wasn't these big moments between couple, you know two characters um that were you know be- I don't know I felt it was selective I felt like it was Hit or miss Between you know Aaron Paul and Todd Or, or Jesse Or uh, Aaron Paul And Kristen Redder And it's not their fault I just felt like Some of their conversations I was trying to get Way more out of it Than I was You know like I, I don't know if I needed them To be slightly more On the nose To say you know what Oh I, uh, I At the very beginning When he's talking to Mike You know You know Mike Troutman And he's saying Uh, you know, where should I go? And he says, Alaska is the last frontier. That's where you need to go. Okay, so we got some information from that. But I felt like when he was doing a lot of these flashbacks, there was kind of minimal amounts of information coming through. I thought there was going to be maybe a clue or something that would lead to uh, Jesse figuring out where the money was going to be from a flashback or, you know, it it felt... um, Tad clunky, but I guess it also adds a little bit more natural feel to it as well. Um, But yeah, so you've got basically what I was feeling about the movie. Um, I was not a big fan of the Wild Wild West scene, you know, with uh, him facing off Neil and... What was the other guy's name? Uh, Casey at the candy uh, welding store and everything. Like, I feel like there is a big chunk of time where we're just waiting for Jesse to get some of this cash and money. And it's such a slow burn that it's like, there's only two ways this can end. And we've seen this guy go for five seasons plus, um, you know, plus a movie. Do we really think he's going to be stopped by this guy? And so that, that... in a way, that's where I felt like it was a tad predictable because there wasn't many times that I thought I was like, "Oh shit!" You know, we're about to lose Jesse. Uh, you know, there were some good rug pulls with us finding out. You know, he's actually not captured by the cops; he's captured by goons. Um, you know, the whenever he uh, is, uh, let me see. But I, I, honestly, that was one of my favorite rug pulls. I felt like. Uh, with the exception of that oh the other one uh, Robert Forrester and he's talking he's so sure to Robert Forrester about the uh, cops um, aren't weren't being called and then the cops like show up as, as soon as he's done rambling off 10 reasons why the cops aren't coming and he has to like book it out the back I thought that was one of the, the better written scenes but in accordance to other stuff I was kind of hey you know just you know so alright thank you for listening to the It Out podcast Check out all the other Luck Dog podcasts on SoundCloud at the Luck Dog podcast. Uh, we have tons of links for new podcasts, media, goodness coming down the tube. Like I said earlier, we had uh, just covered Joker 2019. We've covered Mr. Robot seasons 1 through 4. The Fanatic 2019. You ever seen John Trafalto go crazy? Uh, it Chapter 2 2019... It, 2017, Taxi Driver, 1976. We covered some old school stuff as well. So check out all the other Lucky Dog Podcasts. If you're feeling generous, I would appreciate all the support. PayPal.me slash Podcast And uh, email Podcast at gmail.com. Twitter, Lucky Dog Podcast. Facebook link is below. Twitch link is below. Instagram link is below. Check the show notes out. Thank you for listening and take it easy. You ready?